You have to ask yourself, what's the next best iteration of me? Like, who's the leader that I need to become to be able to predictably attract and sustainably lead this organization into its next iteration? Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey everyone, Dr. Pete here. Another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast along with Dr. Stephen Franson. Great to be together today. Dr. Pete, how you doing everybody? So glad to have all of you joining us here today. Really excited about our topic for today, Dr. Stephen. We're going to be talking about solving puzzles. I don't know about you, but my kids, they love doing puzzles. If you go into my uh, library, you're going to see there's a large stack of all sorts of puzzles from the the one-year-old kid puzzle to like the adult puzzle. We're big into puzzles in our house. And, you know, today's subject, we're going to be talking about solving the puzzle of your business. And ultimately, how to create a successful business really is about solving a puzzle. And, you know, we believe that you can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life and not instead of one. That might be puzzling to some of you. (laughs) We're going to unpack that a little bit today. But we know that in order for this to happen, that you must go from owning a job to owning a business. That's a step. And then also to begin thinking and acting like the CEO and stop kind of being in that owner-operator mindset, which again, can be puzzling to a lot of people, Dr. Steven. And so when I think about this, I, I thought about my kids during the summer, it was raining and they were, they busted out a, a 500 piece puzzle. My kids are like 11 and eight. And so they're there, they're doing the puzzle and they're like 80% of the way through and they're super proud. And then next thing you know, they, we, we they were doing it in the garage and they, they leave the door open and my two-year-old goes out into the garage and you already know the story. You know what, what I'm about to say after three days or whatever it was of messing with that puzzle pieces everywhere around the garage. Next thing you know, my 11-year-old wants to put my two-year-old's head through the wall. (laughs) That just happened. And I'm just like, wow. And even my blood pressure went up because I'm like, I know how much work it is to build a fuel puzzle. And that was just a jigsaw. That was just a jigsaw. Days and hours of time invested. And my kids were at each other's throats ready to kill my my youngest. And um, you know, it's interesting. I'm just thinking about that story because I thought, you know, business is just like that, man. It's like you're busy, you're at work, you're working it, you're working it, you're working it, you're solving this puzzle. But you know what? At least my boys had that image that they had propped up right in front of them. They were looking at. They're like, not the image of it was like hot air balloons or something. They had that image of that that puzzle, and they were just following through, finding the corners, finding the edges, working their way from outside to inside. But Doc Steeman. It's not as much like a jigsaw puzzle, is it? No, I really wish it was, Dr. Pete. I was, I'm cringing and I'm smiling and laughing with you as I picture the, the mayhem of your home as it stands in peace with five children. <laughs> you know? And I can only imagine the war that ensued after that. Yeah. And, you, know, um, you know, we've all had that metaphorical two-year-old come in and scramble the, the, the jigsaw puzzle, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I wish... I wish it was as simple as a flat, you know, unidimensional jigsaw puzzle when it comes to solving 
the puzzle of practice success. The metaphor that we like to use is the Rubik's Cube, right? So uh, wherever you see me go, I always have a Rubik's Cube in my pocket because it's the perfect metaphor for a business and definitely for a chiropractor because what we recognize is in order to really solve the puzzle, you got to solve all six sides of this thing, right? So it's not just about getting one right. You could have one side of this Rubik's Cube correct and the whole rest of the puzzle is totally jacked up. And you know, what I also love is that you could solve all six sides and then if you mess up one side of the puzzle, it jacks up the whole puzzle on you, right? So just <laughs> such a, a perfect metaphor for business and for the practice. So I've identified what the six sides of the Rubik's Cube are. And uh, you know, I'm gonna list those for you guys. So if, if you're taking notes during this podcast, you're gonna wanna write these down, right? So. Uh, this is going to serve as a framework for so much of the content that we're going to bring you. So might as well just say right now, I'm going to start committing these to memory. So I'm going to also suggest as an order to these, like, and these are the order that you need to solve these six sides of your Rubik's Cube of practice success. So first side, first side of the Rubik's Cube is vision, vision story. What does success look like to you? The second side of the cube is leadership like leader, who do you need to become to predictably attract and lead your practice? What attributes do you need to develop? The third side is systems. Having the systems in place that create predictable positive outcome. You have to systematize everything. And then the fourth side is people. Surrounding yourself with A players, surrounding yourself with the right people to execute those systems. And number five is training. And that's investing in training and developing and equipping your people. And the sixth side of the Rubik's Cube is energy. And as you'll hear us say over and over again, energy is everything. You are the CEO of this business. You're the CEO of your practice, which means you are the chief energy officer, right? So our role, our primary role is cast the vision, make sure everybody has total clarity around what success looks like, what's the dent we're gonna make in the universe, so to speak, and then what's important now, W-I-N, what's important now, where should we point our energy as a team, and then thirdly, what's important next? That's the second W-I-N, win, in the win-win scenario, right? So what's important now and what's important next? Energy is everything, and Dr. Pete, you know it as well as I do, your practice, your business will always be a reflection of your energy, right? So when the energy's up, the practice is up. When the energy's flat, the practice is flat. When energy's down, the practice is down. So energy is everything. As the CEO, chief energy officer, we have got to be the person that can take the temperature of that practice at any point in time, and we know that we can influence it. We can modulate it, and that's going to be a skill set that we're going to build here together on this podcast. Yeah, so as I'm hearing you, and as you're listening to this as an audience, um, and you hear each one of those six sides, again, they're in, a, they're in an order of, pri of priority. A, there's a hierarchy. And so I want to walk through this a little bit, Dr. Stephen, with you. If it's cool with you, I'd love to kind of like talk about each one of those sides just briefly even today, because I know we're going to unpack these you know, a lot more in future episodes because this really is the foundation. But when I think about the first thing that I thought of, Doc, was if I'm a, a chiropractor and I'm a business owner and I'm an owner operator, these can seem quite daunting to me. If I'm the CEO, I, I, I see myself, I have a better shot at actually achieving this. And I think that's a big distinction of what we talk about, how 
solving all six sides of the Rubik's Cube, you really have to have that perspective shift. But in every season of the chiropractor's career in launch, build, scale, and exit, these all apply. They all apply at every step of the way in every stage. Stuck, Stephen, can you talk a little bit about the, vi- the vision story? Like what does success look like maybe in each stage or season of that chiropractor's journey and how, how that's so important to have that vision for each step of the way? Yeah, so I think the vision story, what's, what people want to own is, is these two critical um, truths that, that will lead them to the outcomes that they're looking for. The first is that no one can tell you what success looks like. This has to be an inside-out process, right? So don't let anybody define success for you. We've all been there, right? Where somebody just, we've, we've, uh, we've allowed somebody else to yoke us with their definition of success. And next thing you know, we're pursuing their dream and not necessarily ours. I, my pastor said something to me once that just really just struck me to my core, uh, which was be careful how you define success because you're going to pursue a lifetime. You're going to spend a lifetime pursuing it, right? So that, that really struck me. I was like, man, yeah, how have I landed on this vision I have for what success looks like, my own success story, the success story that Camilla, my wife and I have been pursuing, like, where did that come from? And who gave that to us? You know, because we never deliberately sat down and said, okay, so what's most important to us, right? So you first thing you've got to do is get in touch with your core values. Like, what is most important to you? Because your vision story has to be the manifestation or the expression of your core values. What are the things that are most important to you? So we're going to, you know, in the future episodes, we're going to be unpacking these concepts and we'll go through exercises and help you actually land on these things. But your vision story has to be an expression of your core values. So it's got to be what does success look like to you? And it's got to be based on what's most important to you. Yeah. And I think that, it's a liberating exercise to go through, but it's um, very unnatural for a lot of people, Dr. Steven. I think that we become, you know, we're all under the influence of some, someone or something. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves in paths or fulfilling other people's vision for their life um, greater than we're filling, fulfilling the vision for our own life. And I think that this is such an important discipline. So we're going to encourage you to do that as we move forward. And I think that's where the next side of the Rubik's Cube is so important, which is leadership. Because again, Dr. Steven, I think you would agree that in order to have a vision, a compelling vision, a vision that's you know worth following and, and other people coming alongside, that requires leadership. It requires self-leadership, right? And truly the definition of leadership is your capacity not only to become, but to then enable others to become. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about a two-step process of creating this remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, to have a remarkable business as part of a remarkable life, you do need to make that shift from owning a job to owning a business. The second part of that is going from being the owner-operator as a leader to being a CEO as a leader, right? This is an identity shift. So there's introspection that needs to happen here. Just like you go inside to find those core values, you go inside to find that vision story for success. You got to go inside and you got to look around and say, who do I need to become? Who, who do I need to become, right? So I'm going to be the leader of this organization. If I'm going to be the leader of this organization, I'm trying to level up my organization, level up my business, and level up my life. I'm not going to do this in, you know, in spite of my life or at the expense of my life or my marriage or my parenting or my fitness, right? Who do I need to become as a leader, right? So you've got to ask yourself, what attributes do I need to develop? Like I develop muscles. I have to develop these things intentionally, right? So this has to be really deliberate process. What levels of certainty do I need to go deeper on? What levels of conviction is this going to require? What levels of certainty 
excuse me, clarity in my communications are going to be required of me being able to cast a vision and inspire others and compel them to join me, right? So you have to ask yourself, what's the next best iteration of me? Like who's the leader that I need to become to be able to predictably attract and sustainably lead this organization into its next iteration? I think one of the things that you said, Doc, is so important. I want to make sure I reemphasize this because I, it, was, it, it landed on me heavy in a good way. Uh, was that this is personal, right? Leaders, the leadership question is very, all of these are very personal. Like the, the vision story, personal. This leadership question, who do I, I need to become? It's a very personal question. It's very intimate. There's, a, there's an unearthing process we talk about when it comes to discovering your core values. There's an unearthing process to discovering who do I need to become. And I, I, the way I look at this is there's always an upgrade. It's always going to be an upgrade to you, who you are being. It's always better. It's always a better version, right? And I always, I always think about character and capacity. The two things that are always increase as you continue to mature and develop are character and capacity. Those are the things that increase. And oftentimes we do less and achieve more, but it's character and capacity that are developed in this process as we develop as leaders. And so I encourage you as you're hearing Dr. Stevens work, thinking through these things and you're processing this and you're going to hopefully take time this week, even after listening to this, to really think through, okay, how can I, who do I need to become writing this, start writing these things out? And we'll, we'll guide you through this in few, future episodes. But as you were talking about this, Dr. Stephen, I thought about, I had this superhero come to my mind because you talk about, um, we talk about heroes a lot of times, superheroes. And I, I, uh, I had these Marvel characters start like going through my mind as I'm hearing you talk. And I think about, you know, the next thing. So a great leader, you think, wow, like almost like a hero of your own story and, and that, but really you're, you're a redeemer of society, right? Cause what we love about these superheroes is these Marvel characters as just an example is they redeem society. They're not in it for themselves. Actually, they are like, wow. And everybody loves them, but they've really redeemed society. They've saved some element of society in a crisis moment. And that's really what we do as chiropractors. I mean, we're coming in, we're swooping into communities for a, a decade or two or three, and we are transforming a community. And if you think about it from a, a vantage point of like history, you're like, that's amazing. Your superhero is showing up into a town and transforming the health of the city, changing the world. That's what's happening. I thought about you with the big S on there, your uh, chest because I'm like, you know, Dr. Steven has been, has been uh, I identified as a systems guy. And I just saw you with like your Iron Man outfit kind of swooping in and <laughs> S, not Superman S, a different letter. But t- talk to us about systems, you know, because I think systems are such an important thing. And a lot of times they're not very sexy. And I just made it seem like really sexy by talking yeah, about- Yeah, I, I appreciate that. You made, you made, you know, systems man. It's going to sound really se- sexy. Because if I do have an S on my chest, it's certainly not for Superman, right? And it, it might be for maybe Steven or the systems yeah. guy, right? I'll take either one of those. But as I listen to you describe, you, you, you brought up the Marvel, you know, super, superhero. So I'm going to run with it because what I love about the modern superhero and the way they're portrayed is they're anything but perfect, right? So what I want you guys to just embrace right now, let me just like kind of free you the, with the yoke of perfectionism is remarkable does not imply perfect. Okay. So what we're trying to encourage here is your perspective shift to becoming what's the next level for me. And right now I'm constantly looking at what's the next iteration of Steven, like Who's the leader I'm trying to become? Who's the, who's the doctor I'm trying to become? Who's the, who's, who's the coach I'm trying to become, right? So 
who's the father I'm trying to become? Who's the husband I'm trying to become? And what would he do right now? What would he say right now? Right? So this is a great exercise that we're going to unpack in a future episode that'll help you just land on that leadership piece so that you have more clarity around it. So yes, it is the vision story of your success. So the great thing is, is you get to be the hero in the success story. So what's the next iteration of you as a leader so that you recognize what attributes do you need to develop, right? So, and remarkable does not imply perfect. So let's talk about systems. So yeah, my moniker is the systems guy, right? Which I know, you know, is just a nice way of saying I'm the ADD, the the, uh, OCDDC, I like to say, right? So it's like everything has to be in systems, right? So it has to be systematized or I just get quirky (laughs) around it, right? I think everything needs to be put into a system because systems create predictability. We all want predictable, positive outcomes. So anything that's important that happens as a core competency of your business it has to be systematized, right? So that you're not leaving things to random chance. Everything you're doing is just too important. So the reproducibility that comes with uh, systems and the commitment to creating a culture of systems is what allows scalability and what allows durability and what will eventually create transferability. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit on it here is this is a cultural shift for a lot of you. Uh, it's going to be a shift in your culture to really embrace systems for everything. All the core competencies within your business that actually make your business run and, and a success have to be systematized in order to create durability, especially durability, but that scalability, durability, and then transferability. Absolutely. Otherwise, we end up with liabilities on our hand and, and we end up in a job, honestly, just feeling yeah. the yoke of that. And that's uh, not sustainable. And it's also not, not righteous ultimately because it's, um, you know, we're, our, our businesses exist to serve for a greater purpose and you're serving a community that's desperately in need. Um, and you're supplying us an environment for people to work as well. Uh, and, and that leads me into, I think what the next side of the Rubik's cube, which is people. So now that you've, you've, you know, think about, you have your vision, your leadership question, and you start, you create systems, you now create an environment which is a cultural for people to come and use their gifts and their talents in a way where they're actually making an impact, fulfilling their purpose. Let's talk about that here a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so when we talk about systems, you know, there's the obvious ones in the chiropractic business, right? You need to have systems for attraction, conversion, and retention, right? Attraction is generating leads, right? Of potential new patients into the practice and conversion, which is converting those potential new patients into active new patients. And then retention, which is creating ideal patients and collecting ideal patients, right? So all of that has to be systematized. But then there's that fourth domain, Dr. Pete, that you're bringing up here, which is team building, right? So you need to have systems in place for team building. And I would argue that these are the most important systems because all of those other systems don't matter if you don't have that team around you, or I should say, you'll never own a business, you'll always own a job, right? So Mm -hmm. examples of systems around team building, we have four of them that we teach, right, in the Remarkable Practice. The first is finding and interviewing. You need to have a finding and interviewing system and skill set, right? Then it's hiring and onboarding. You need to hire and onboarding in a systematic way, right? Then it's training and equipping, And training and equipping is the best, in my opinion, it's the best money and time you can spend 
to create a scalable, durable, transferable business, right? So training and equipping your people, best ROI in business, right? And then the fourth one, which is a big pain point for so many people, especially today, is developing and retaining remarkable team members, right? Mm -hmm. So developing your people and retaining, you know, part of your mission, part of your purpose is helping people realize their potential, right? So you should have people on your team and the CEO, the perspective shift for the CEO is, I'm going to develop my people. My job is to make sure that people, my people actually realize their potential. And I see, I see the, the, the full loop in that. If you start with, you know, finding and interviewing them, right? You, you, you end up doing that really well. You'll see that it, it circles around. If you do all those four areas well, the development and retain, retaining of, of A-level talent happens. And this is such a sensitive piece because I think a lot of doctors are intimidated about bringing in really highly talented people. It's really hard to find them, they'll say, or to, to afford them or whatever the excuse or limiting belief might be in that area. But I would say that that goes back to the top part of this Rubik's Cube, which was vision, leadership, and systems. And I would agree, if you don't have leadership, vision, leadership, and systems in place, you're not going to attract the top talent. You're not going to, even if you did attract them, they probably won't get started. And even if they do get started, they're not going to stay because those other pieces have to be in place, Dr. Steven. So I, as I'm hearing you talk about this, I'm going back to the upper, the, the other sides of the Rubik's Cube. I'm thinking, okay, but do you see the connection between vision story, leadership, and systems? And if those pieces are, you understand the value and the implications of those, then you'll understand how that translates into being able to find and keep great talent because that's the prerequisite to transferring your, your job into a business and going from being an owner operator to being the CEO. That's remarkable. That's a remarkable transformation. That's exactly that to me is so, so clear and so clean. And then that leads into the next, which is training, right? So one of the, one of the four core elements of being able to have great people right, is the training and equipping, which is, is that a one-time thing, Dr. Steven? Does that happen just during the first 90 days? Or is that like, how long should we continue training and equipping people? Pete, I mean, I look at my businesses as a sport. You know, as soon as you start thinking like an athlete, you know, when you start saying, okay, so when do athletes train? You know, so what do they do more? Do they train more or play more, right? So what do they get paid to do, right? So it's like, you've got to recognize that this is a lifelong pursuit. Remarkable is a lifelong pursuit. You don't, it's like fitness. You don't achieve fitness and then, okay, good. What's next, right? So it's about fitness in your business, making sure that your people are trained and continually trained, equipped, and developed to take it to the next level. People, A players specifically, require it. They demand it. They desire it. They want it. And it's one of the ways to know that you've got A players on your team. They want to be trained. They want to be excellent at what they do. Daniel Pink wrote a phenomenal book, Drive, that's just required reading for chiropractors. And he talks about uh, the um, AMPT is, is one of the premises in the book. And it stands, your team wants autonomy, they want mastery, and they want purpose, right? So they want to be tied to something bigger. So autonomy, they want to be able to do their job. Mastery means they want to be able to do their job well. They want to be excellent right? And P, purpose. They want to be tied to a bigger purpose. Think about that. I mean, it's like you wrote that book for chiropractors, right? So you got to think to yourself, 
create great systems, bring in A players, and then spend as much time, energy, focus, and money as possible on training up your people. Why? Because the greatest ROI is on training. The second is marketing. I know people have that upside down. If you find marketing that works, what are you supposed to do? Throw as much money as you can at it, right? It's just the best ROI. It's the second best ROI. Training and developing your people. If you want to go from being an owner operator who owns a job to being a CEO and runs a business, you want to be investing and training your people. And this is one of the things I'm going to go ahead and say here. This is one of the things I love about the remarkable practice is that we get together with our teams once every quarter and we train on the four core key areas to run a successful business, solving the puzzle. And so if you're a chiropractor and you're listening and you're not getting to events and training with your team, with other doctors who are training with their team, you're missing a great opportunity. Don't just go to seminars and get your CEs by yourself and check off the box and then go back and try to even train in your office by yourself. Definitely be training in your office with your team on a weekly basis. We can get into all the best practices and how to do that really well. <laughs> Doug, Stephen, you and I are very passionate about that. But I'm going to talk, I'm going to say right now that if you're a doctor and you have a, you have a team and you want to take it to the next level, what you should do is get to a live event, get to an immersion. One of the remarkable practices immersions, we do four a year. We have four different subjects that we circle. And I'll tell you, by the time one year passes, you're ready for the beginning again. It starts with attraction, right? So this is everything that has to do with attracting new leads and clients and getting people to show up to your office. Huge marketing. You know, second is conversion. This is the sales process. This is the day one, day two, day three, day four. Retention, which is that building, creating an ideal patient for life, right? What does it look like to create that culture? And then the last one is team building, focusing on what does it look like to build a team? So those are the four areas where we immerse ourselves in quarterly as doctors with our team. We come together and we train. If you haven't been training recently with your team and haven't been to an immersion or you've never been, make sure you get to the next one. You can actually learn about that by going to the remarkablepractice.com forward slash events. And you can actually find out about how to do that. So I'm, I just had to say that because as you were talking, I'm like, too many chiropractors go months, if not years, without having been in an environment like that with their... Now, you could go to a... And I'm not going to throw it out there at any different chiropractic events, but you can go to a chiropractic event and get jazzed up and go get some CEs and get pumped up. That's right. not training. As you should, but it's not yeah, training. That's not training. So yeah, right. those are two different things. When you look at your annual calendar as a CEO, as a leader, you need to be looking every month, every quarter... Where am I going to jazz my team out? Is there a stuff I'm going to need to get one or two of those a year? And then I need to have them four times a year where I'm actually training with my team. So if I, as a CEO of my business, look at my calendar and I'm thinking, how am I going to invest in my team and see the value? I'm making sure every week I'm training with my team and at least once a quarter, I'm getting my team out of the R4 walls into environments where they're being trained. That's yep. what's happening. And rubbing shoulders with other like-minded, on-purpose teams that are training hard and raising the standard and equipping and empowering each other, right? So, you know, if, if, you, if you look at um, the power of training as the ROI, what you should be looking at is where is our next training? right? You should be able to identify that. Like, and it should be scary to you just like it should be scary to you if you don't know what your next marketing campaign is, right? So we, we say this is a cultural thing, doc, for your business. And this is a distinction between the CEO and the owner operator, right? The owner operator might say, oh yeah, I like to go to seminars and I get jazzed up and I bring back information and inspiration to my team. And I try to 
convey that to them. That's how an owner operator thinks. What we see in our organization is these remarkable teams show up and train together. And the environment is, of course, the DCs train together, the CAs train together with our CA trainers. Then we come together and we train all together, right? And this is not just happening in North America, right? This is happening simultaneously in Australia. So if you're on that side of the world, we do four events a year over in Australia as well. As well. Remarkable attraction, remarkable conversion, remarkable retention, and remarkable team building one per quarter. And we do certifications for both the doctors and the CAs. So I like to say that we see patients between trainings. That's how important trainings are. All right, so Pete, now we've gone through vision story. We've gone through leadership. We've gone through systems. We've gone through team or your people. We've gone through training. What's the last one? So the last one is energy. And what we like to say here is energy is everything. And it'd be hard for you to argue with that because that is the truth. Dr. Stephen, you said something at the beginning about how with energy, you are the CEO. We talk about the chief energy officer. And so energy is, goes, flows down, right? It flows down. And this is such an important thing. As a CEO, you have three real primary roles. One is vision casting for your team. The second is determining what's important now. And then this, the third is what's important next. And we talked, you just talked about that. You said, what's the next training that we have set up for our team? That's a CEO's mindset. That's the difference between a mindset of an owner operator versus CEO. The CEO is always thinking what's coming next when it comes to importing it and investing it and training and equipping and empowering your team. That's one of the many things they're thinking about what's coming next. And that is a key. So talking about energy, Dr. Steve, you talk about win-win culture, this culture of energy, uh, talking about what's important now, what's important next. What does that look like for the doctor? Yeah, I mean, I think for most uh, business owners, CEOs, they recognize there's a lot of moving parts, right? There's a lot going on. If you don't believe that, ask anybody else on your team, right? So there's times that we can feel overwhelmed, right? Imagine if you feel overwhelmed, what your front line feels like, what your front desk feels like, or maybe your associate doctor, whatever. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things that are competing for your focus, right? So, and ultimately, focus is what makes a difference between busyness and productivity, right? So what we have to do as a CEO is we've got to have the perspective where we pull back. We've got to be able to see that Rubik's Cube from 30,000 feet, all six sides as this dynamic moving thing. And we have got to be able to assess it at all times and decide where do we need to invest our energy now? What's important now? And if you picture your team and yours energy as like sunbeams. It's just spraying all over the place. If there's no focus, it just warms the surface, but nothing happens, right? The CEO's job is to hold that metaphorical uh, magnifying glass and gather those sunbeams, capture all that energy and into a sunbeam and then point that beam to a spot that you want the fire to start. You're saying this, there's a lot going on, but this is what's important now. We want to focus on W-I-N, win. This is what's important now. Team, everybody pay attention. Based on our vision story, which is an expression of, of our core values, the goals that we have for this quarter, I'm going to gather everybody's energy and focus and say, this is what's important now. I want everybody to point their energy in this direction and get that fire started. And then also, the CEO also has to know what's important next. It can't be reactionary. It has to be proactive. You have to know this is what's important now and this is what's important next. 
you know, it's so powerful. I mean, we're, we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately, Dr. Stephen, you and I will keep going. Let's go all day, Dr. Pete. I know. But so, but in, in recap, a little bit in recap, even of this, this section, I, one of the things that I always say about the team members is they, they want, they need to be able to answer this question. So this is not, it's not enough just for you to be able to answer the question, what's important now, what's important next. Your team has to also be able to answer. That's why one of the things I always say is every team member that you have on your team is asking themselves consciously or subconsciously, do I know what a win is today? Do I know what a win is in this moment? Do I know what a win is this week, this quarter? They're asking themselves, whether that's conscious or subconscious, they're asking themselves. And they're also asking, do I know what's expected of me? Do I know it's expected of me? What are the behaviors that I should be doing, actions I should be taking that are going to lead to winning? And again, this goes full circle back again to the top, vision, the, your leadership, the leadership of your team, you know, the systems that are in place, the people that are in place, the trainings that are in place, the energy. Did you see how this flows? There's, a, there's an alignment there. There's, there's a seamlessness through it. But again, the complexity is all six sides being solved at the same time, Dr. Steven. This is one you must go back and listen to. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, go ahead and star it, put the heart on whatever it is on your, whatever, you know, you, how you listen to this, go back and listen to this. I'm also encourage you to share this with a few of your colleagues, because this is something that this one episode right here, as I'm wrapping it up, I'm thinking, man, if I would have heard this years ago, in practice, if I would have had this, man, it would have just rocked me in a good way and transformed me way faster. So I just appreciate you, Dr. Steven, um, so much gold here today and appreciate all of you who are our listeners and I look forward to joining you on our next episode. Yeah, I mean, it is gold, Pete, and you know, not to you know, throw our shoulders out of joint, patting ourselves on the back, but what we're doing is we're just creating a framework for us to really launch this initiative to create some structure, concepts, a language. And just so everybody knows, we're, we're going really high level right now and we're gonna have a lot of fun together unpacking each and every single one of these elements in future episodes. So make sure that you circle back, join us. Like Dr. Pete said, please follow us, share it. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to being alongside you on this journey of taking your job, turning it into a business, taking you, transforming you from the owner operator into the CEO so that you too can enjoy a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic, and what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.